We're going to have a um, a discussion about the opinions that we learned yesterday. I'll just repeat them. We talked about when the bell loses its clapper, so we discussed that even though that, that it remained Tame afterwards. So the Gomorrah to know why does it remain Tame since it lost its clapper? And the reason was because it remains a Kaylee. It still remains useful. So what was the case? We had two opinions. Uh, we had two opinions for why it remains uh, Tame. So Rava said, Hova Roy Lakisha Gabicheras. He said the reason is because it's it's use it's still fit to be banged uh, on a on something of earth, made out of earthenware. And we also learned that Rias Rechanina Hobaroi Lakisha Gabicheras. So Rias Rechanina said that Ryochan Amar, Ryochan said a different reason. He said, Hobaroi Lagamebo Mind Latinoque. He said, yes, because you can give a baby to drink from it. Now we're going to have a little bit of a problem here, and that is that there's a famous machloka says we're going to see, and that is that for something that we we, we don't understand when the, when the utensil becomes nullified, so it loses its tumor status. But if a utensil changes and it, and it remains a utensil but different than the utensil before, that is a machloka. So we're going to see in a minute we have a machloka whether the maintained utensil status to maintain the previous tumor is dependent upon the new utensil having the same function as the old. Or not, so uh, for example, for example, let's say I had a mat that, that was uh, three hand breaths by three hand breaths, uh, a big one, and now I cut it into two, so it's no longer good. Let's say for uh, sitting on or whatever it is, because it's too small. But it's still, but even the smaller pieces, and so long as they're bigger than three fingers by three fingers, still have other uses. So the question is, does it does when you make when when the utensil maintains its a status of utensil, but it's a different use than it was originally, does it maintain the tumor or not? So let's take a look. So the Gemara is very surprised because Rabbi Yochanan said that the reason that the bow without the clapper remains tame because even though it's, is because even though it's no longer good for ringing, but it's good for giving a baby a, a, a sip of water to to give the baby water. So we have a problem because we're going to learn that Rabbi Yochanan seems to be the opinion. Now, when the status of the utensil changes to maintain its original tumor status, in all cases, we're going to see that it has to be that the new utensil status has to be something like the old utensil usage. And, and here, clearly, it's not. There used to be a, bell, a ringer for bell to make noise, and now it's a, uh, a baby feeder. It's both utensils, but for different purposes. So let's take a look at that inside. After Rabbi Yochanan said that the bell remains tummy because it can be banged, because it can be used as a baby feeder, well, Tanya, the Gemara says, well, pardon me, so the Gemara says, we're now, okay, after all that, we are Daphne and Tess, Amad Aleph, one, two, three, four lines from the top at the end of the line. You're going to tell me Rabbi Yochanan doesn't need for the, in order to maintain the tumor status that the new utensil status has to be something like the old utensil status. Well, Tanya, didn't we learn? There's a famous thing called Tumas Midras. Tumas Midras is by, by Zava Zava, a man or woman who have the disease of emissions called Ziva, or, uh, uh, or, uh, or Anida, a woman whose tummy from her period or your ledes, or a woman is tummy from giving birth. All these people have a have a have a special law called tumas midras that if they're going to sit down on something, or lie down on something, or or lean on something, uh, it's going to become tummy even if they don't touch it, even if it doesn't come into physical contact with them. But Tanya, didn't we learn? We learned. Get out of here one second. We learned.
that every keli, when it came, when it's talking about Bakol Kli, Asheyeshev Olavet, it says that any utensil that they're going to sit on, and it's talking in the future, Yochol Kafal, so therefore it sounds like it was something that always has to be, it's, it's set aside for sitting upon, for lying on, etc., etc. Yochol Kafal saw. What would happen, let's say, if one of these people, one of these four types of tuba, they would overturn a barrel. Remember, their barrels were these, were these clay were clay utensils. He turns over a barrel of the Yashavala and sat down, a barrel that holds a saw and sat down on it. Kafa, tarkava, or, or took a barrel of a tarkava, half a saw. A tar, two plus a kav, three kavs, half a saw, a, barrel, a smaller barrel. The Yashavala, they turned up one of these barrels and sat on them. Yeah, Tama, you think they're going to be Tama because they sat on them? Tama, lower the Pasuk says, that the Dab sits upon in the future, which designates, so it has to be something that's made for sitting upon. Yatzazeh, which he excludes this case of the barrels. Why Sha'omrim Lo, where we say to him, Amud Benasim Lachtenu, a person will say, hey, get up and let us do our job. These, are, these aren't chairs, these aren't, these aren't couches, these, are, these, are, these aren't sitting urns, these are oil urns. Yes, they're not made for sitting upon. So we have a rule, uh, so we have a rule that the Tumas Midrash has to be something that's made for sitting or made for lying down, whatever it is, but not something that you happen to grab and they say, hey, get out of here, let us do our work. It's not made for that. And that we're going to, and that really has two rules as we're going to see. It has one rule that it's not eligible to come to me that way. And secondly, secondly, uh, we're going to see that the second it loses that status, let's see you change it. Like I said, like you cut a mat in half that used to be good for lying down upon. Now it's too small. It loses the original tuma status. And now, Rabbi Elazar, and now we have an opinion. We have two ar- uh, opinions. And you're going to see that Rabbi comes out to be self-contradictory. Rabbi Elazar said, when it comes to the tuma of Midras, the special tuma that we said of these four people, then we say the rule of we say the rule of, hey, get up and let us do our work, both in the original in the original becoming Tameh, if it's not made for that, it's not going to become Tameh to Mishmidrash, and also in the change, and therefore what? It has to be, it has to be that if you change it, if you change it, only if it, only if it has, uh, if you change it, uh, uh, and it's not good for it, even though it's good for other things, it becomes Tahar. So he says that's true only where what only by Tumas Midras. But we don't say it by Tame Mace. By Tame Mace that by Tame Mace we say that by Tumas Midras we say that both going in and coming out. If the utensil is not good for what it was designated for, what we want it to for, let's say for sitting. So therefore, what a utensil that's designated for sitting can become tumas midras. Utensil, utensil that was for sitting that got tumas midras, and now it's it's broken or changed, and it's still a utensil, but it's not a utensil for sitting. Then we say that it loses its it loses its tuma. Uh, Stat, uh, pardon me. It loses its tuma status. But we don't say that when it comes to the tuma of, of a corpse tuma. We don't say that. And if something got corpse tuma, even if it will if it will change, then we don't say it has to be like the original. It has to be like the original uh, usage. No, if it changes as a utensil, even if it's not like the original usage, it still remains tummy. So I hope I, if it wasn't clear, no, it's good when it comes to when it comes to midras tuma, both going in and coming out, it has to be something made for sitting. And if I change it, even on the on, let's say on the way out, and I change it to something that's still a utensil, but it's no longer good for sitting, then it loses its tuma. He said, but that's only true by midras. He says, when it comes to tumas mace, it became tummy mace, and I changed its usage, and now it's. it's it's a utensil, but not good for what it was good before. Before I still say that, I, I, not good for what it was uh, good for before. 
uh, I don't care. Uh, and it's still, I, I don't care. I'm sorry. And it still maintains its original, uh, its original uh, tumor status. So in order to maintain the original tumor status, when it comes to both by Midras and both by Tommy Mace, uh, pardon me, by Midras, it has to maintain its original its original uses. But when it comes to when it comes to Tumas Mace, it doesn't have to maintain its original uses. Sorry, I just got a little sleepy. Okay, that's what he says. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan says, Af Omer Betumas Mace, He says, No. Rabbi Yochanan says, No, no, not only is it true that the utensil in order to maintain the original Tumas status by Midras has to be something like its original uses when you change it, even though it's still a utensil. No, even by Tumas Mace, it has to be the same thing, it has to maintain its original usage. So now I have a problem. It's a country. Prediction. Up above, Rabbi Yochanan explained that the reason why the bell without the clapper remains tummy, even though it lost its clapper, is because it's still good as a utensil. You can use the feet of baby. Okay, good. It's a utensil, but it's not a utensil for what it was before. It's not. It's not for making noise. That contradicts what he said when he when when, when, we, when we explained this principle of Tumas Midrash. He said that both for Tumas Midrash and for Tumas Mace, for all for, the, the rule is still that if you change the utensil, it does not maintain its original Tumas status unless it remains a utensil that's something like the original usage. So the Gemara says, okay, that's a good kasha. You know what? You're going to have to change the original opinions. And when we solve the problem uh, in, our, in our Gemara, when we solve the problem of the, of the bell without the clapper, you have to say it wasn't Rabbi Yochanan who said that the bell remains tummy because uh, because you can feed a baby, because that's not like its original uses. You have to say he was the one who said the opposite, that the reason why it remains tummy is because it can still remain a bell because you could bang it against an earthenware utensil or, or, or earthenware. I think Mar says one second. Am I in the apachas So one second. If you, since you're going to change one of the two sets of opinions to match, how did you know to change the original one and say that he only said that the bell remains tummy because it's because you can bang it against the earthenware? Why don't you say it's the other way? And really, he's the one who said. Maybe he's the one who said, like Rebbe Lazar, that it was only when it comes to Tumas Midras that the keli has to remain have be something like its original usage. But when it comes to Tumas Mace, it doesn't have to be like its original usage and. And it still does. Therefore, I can leave his original opinion the way it was. That he holds that the bell remains tame, even though it changed its usage because it's still a utensil good enough to feed a baby. And he's the one who held that we, that we don't apply the same rule exactly from Midras to Tumas Mace. So by Tumas Mace, as long as it remains a utensil, even though it's not for the same purpose, it still remains tame. And therefore, it's good enough that even though the bell is no longer good to be a ringer, it's good to be a baby feeder. So why don't you change? Why don't you change the? Why don't you just change the second opinion? The says, I'll tell you why. Hashemin and Rabbi Yochan the boy Why? Because I have another place where I see that Rabbi Yochanan needs so in a in a case of a secondary tuma that he needs like the original malacha. That's not exactly the same, but it's like that. We see that he holds in general that that the second level of tuma has to be like the first. The tnan, okay, or secondary kind of tuma. The tnan became because we learned we learned the tnan. Pardon me. The Tanan, really, because we learned when it came to Kalin. Sandal Shel Behema, we had a shoe of an animal, a metal shoe to protect the foot of the animal, and it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, round, okay, uh, it had a receptacle, okay. So we said, Sandal Shel Behema Shel if you had a metal shoe of an animal, Tome. Now, even it's, 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 it's Tuma. Now, why is that? I, be, I, I, it's not really, remember, we, uh, jewelry of animals doesn't become Tome. It has to be that it's useful for people. 
But you pull the, it has to be something an animal, but the human being protects, pulls the animal, does this, such has to be something that people use in order to become tame, something that's on an animal. So you have to say, if you're going to say that the shoe of that, the shoe of the animal is, it becomes tame, it has to be, have some human usage. What's the human usage of an animal shoe? The answer is, what's it's good for? So we learn, Amar Rav, Rav said, Rav said, well, the first opinion was that you could drink water in the time before. But a human can use it to fill it with water. Says, ah, you can use it at the time. You can use it uh, in the time of war. In the time of war, you can use it to put oil to anoint a human body. This is what we're interested in. When he's running away from the battle, he can put it on his feet. He can run over thorns and thistles. So the main point is here that, that we're going to analyze the opinions, but the main point is here we showed that the reason why we'd rather maintain the second opinion of Rabbi Yochanan and not maintain the first, because here also we see that when it comes to saying that the that the that it has to be good for and it has to be good for uh, uh, a human being, um, uh, it has to be but but it has to be good for a human being. It has to be something like the same way it was used before. So in other words, the way that it's used for the animal as a as a as a shoe, it can be used as a human shoe, as as opposed to the other opinion saying what that it's used as an animal shoe. It can be used for human drinking. It can be used for human for human anointing. So the Gemara says, my bain my bain Rav the Rabbi Chanina. The Gemara says, what's the difference between Rav and Rabbi Chanina? Uh, Right. Uh, so now, now the other things we want to analyze, we're going to analyze the price, but we just explained why we want, why we want to maintain the opinion that it's Rabbi Yochanan who holds that that the, uh, that the that when the keli changes and it's still a keli, it has to still be for something like the original usage. Now, my bain Rav the Rabbi Chanina. What's the meaning to Rabbi Chanina? Rav said that the reason why the animal shoe it can become tamei is because it can be used for human to drink in the time of war. because he used for anointing oil. He could be What's the difference? He could, where will be a practical difference when it's disgusting? So when it's disgusting, you can't use it for drinking anymore, but you can still use it for anointing oil. And Rabbi Chanina, for both of them, it doesn't matter if it's dirty. It's still, it's still, it's still useful. The answer is well. What's the difference between that? The difference is when it's very heavy. Okay, because according to Rabbi Yochanan, since the human has to use it to run with, if it's too heavy, we won't be able to use it. But according to Rabbi Chanina, it says you're going to use it for anointing oil. It's not too heavy to use for anointing oil. Okay, now we're continuing with other things that we spoke about that the animal can't go out. That a woman can't go out, pardon me. <laughs> she can't go out with a city of gold. What is the city of gold? My beer shows off. The one says, What is the city of gold? It's a Jerusalem of gold. In other words, it was a um, a golden ornament that had a picture of Yushalayim etched into it. Like made for his wife. Now it's interesting, in the Gemara Dharma talks about it, there he doesn't actually, the Gemara doesn't actually tell us that he made it for his wife. He said that if he had the money, he put it on her. Yeah, but we never actually see him doing it, but Lamaisa somehow the Gemara knows that, that's, that he did it. We learned a woman shouldn't go out with a city of gold. If she goes out, she's chayav chatas. She, she, no, she trans, mother means what? She did a Torah transgression. They're very mayor. That's the words of a mayor. Now that's very surprising. We're gonna have to explain. We're gonna have to explain such a thing. Why? How could that be that a mayor holds that she's that's a, that's a chiyuv doraisa? But Pashtas he holds that he holds that this is not. Because the rabbis hold the jewelry, and, it, and it's really mutter from the Torah, but the rabbis say no, because maybe she'll take it off, she'll show it, she'll carry it. But 
He holds it's a maso, he holds it's a burden, but uh, because it's really not used for jewelry, it's really just a way of, of showing gold. <laughs> it happens to have uh, uh, an etching of, of, uh, of Jerusalem on it, but it's really just a way of, of, uh, of showing a person's gold, like an ingot, and therefore it's a burden. The rabbis say, like we're used to, like our Mishnah, that she shouldn't go out with the Jerusalem of gold because it's, because it's Jewish, because even though it's Jewish, she might take it off and show it and end up carrying it. But if she went out, she's, she's exempt from Torah punishment because it's not really a burden, it's a jewelry. Rulaza says she can go out with a Jerusalem of gold from the outset. There's not even a rabbinic decree. Rameir says that it is a burden, like we said, uh, and Therefore, therefore, if she carries it, she is she transgresses Torah law. And she has to bring a sacrifice. Rabbi Rabbi say no. It's definitely jewelry. Okay, and therefore, but the only problem is what? And really, from the Torah, she's allowed to go out. But the rabbi say no. Maybe she'll take it off. She'll show it to other women. And she's going to come to carry it. So therefore, it's only rabbinic prohibition. Rabbi Elazar Sabar way holds it. It's not even rabbinic prohibition. Why? Says man darka He says, listen, come on. a city of gold is not like other pieces of jewelry. Isha Chashuva, okay, who goes out with the city of gold? He says, it's an Isha Chashuva, it's a very, very, a woman of a very important status, very wealthy, very big status. And women of status do not take the jewelry off to show it to other people, it's beneath them. Regular girls do that, they'll take it off, they'll show it to each other. Women of stature, it's beneath them. They're too huddy-tuddy, they do not take stuff off and show it to other people, and therefore he holds there's not even a prohibition of the rabbis. Jewelry that regular girls wear, yes. Jewelry that only Hushiv women wear, no, because they, it's beneath them to take their jewelry off and to show it, and therefore there's not even a rabbinic po- to a prohibition. Kalila, what about a kalila? Some people translate, it's a, it's a thing that, in, it's a circlet, it goes around, it goes around the forehead from ear to ear. Some people call it a tiara, but it's a, it's a circle. Rav also, Rav says that it's forbidden for the girl to go out on Shabbos, so Shmuel Shari, Shmuel says that she can go out. Now, the first opinion says the following, Daniska, when it comes to a metal one that's really made out of a, out of a, out of a hammered piece of metal or gold, kuli amalopligi. No one disagrees. The answer. Both Rav and Shmuel both say that it's forbidden according to this opinion. Kipligi. What's the whole argument? Darukta. Only when it's a, when it's a cloth one with precious gold on it. Okay, or precious metal, or, 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 or etc. And precious gold and and precious stones on it. But it's really made out of out of um, out of um, uh, material. Rav, okay, okay. Mar Sabar, one opinion Rav holds on Iskaikar. He holds that the main thing, he says, the main thing is the, is the, uh, is the metal that's on the, on, on the cloth, and therefore it's forbidden to go out. She'll take it off and show it. And Mar Sabar and Shmuel says that she's allowed to go out. Aruktaikar, he, he holds that the, that the cloth is the main thing, and it's not that important it's that she's not going to take it off and show it. That's the first opinion. So, of course, the first opinion, everybody holds that metal ones are forbidden. She'll take it off and show it. Uh, but, Cloth ones, Rob says that even though it's made out of cloth, uh, she still has metal, precious metal, etc. on it, and she'll take it off and show it. And Shmuel says, no, the main thing is the cloth. She's not going to take it off and show it. It's not such a big deal. Avashi Masnikula, Avashi learns a more lenient opinion, and that is, he says the following. The other way, both Rob and Shmuel agree, no one disagrees, everyone agrees when, on a cloth one that is permissible to go out. Eh, it's not important enough. It's made out of cloth, even though it's got precious metal on it, etc. She's not going to take it off. Where's the whole argument by, by, by when it's fully metal, silver, or gold? Mar Sabar, one opinion, 
Rav holds what Dilma Shofim Bechaviyate Utuya. Maybe she's going to take it off and, and she's going to show it. Omar Sabra and Shmuel says that she's allowed to take, she's allowed to wear it. Sabra similar to what we learned before. He says she says who goes out with a gold or silver or silver tiara? It's a very important woman. And women of stature it, do not take things off to show them to other girls. They're not. It's beneath them. See, they said, you know, Yosef later became ill later and he, he forgot his learning. They always had to remind him what he said. So he said to him, You told us in the name of Rav, you told us that a tiara is mutter. So obviously he's holding like Ravashi that said what? He said the opinion that when it comes to a cloth tiara, everyone agrees, even Rav agrees that you're allowed to go out and it's only by a, by a metal one that Rav says forbidden and Shmuel says not forbidden. So apparently Rav Yosef told them uh, uh, told them that it's mutter the way that uh, 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 you said in the name of Rav that it's mutter, so therefore what? It must be that he's, that they held like, the, this is like the report of Rav Ashi. So when it says, Amr the Rav, they told Rav the following, Ata gav Rav Arich says, a great tall uh, 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 man came uh, to Nahardah, uh, uh, Umatla, and he was limping. Okay, Vedarsh, uh, and he said Kalila Shari, and he said that a uh, a tiara is muter to on Shabbos. So Omar and Rav said to us, "Tamidim man gav Rav Berichaditla, who is the who is?" And he's talking about a cloth one, by the way, like Rav said. The, the Rav says is muter. They used to talk about a cloth one. Amar man gav Rav Berichaditla. So Rav said, "You know who that person is? The tall, the tall, the big tall guy." Who limps? He says, "Levi, it's Levi." Levi was saying, "Levi, unfortunately, became became uh, lame when he was demonstrating to Rebbe uh, uh, how to do kida, a type of bowing down." Shmami, you know, we hear from here. He said, "We a very interesting thing." He says, "If Levi came to us from Eretz Yisrael, I can understand that Shenach Nafshe Rabbi Office. It must have been that Rabbi Office died. Okay, that Rabbi Office was was the Rosh Hashiva." Uh, and uh, and Rabbi Chen, okay, became the Rosh Hashiva. When Rabbi died, he said that Rabbi Chanina was going to be the Rosh Hashiva, but Rabbi Chanina didn't want to do it because he felt that Rabbi Office was older than him and he had to respect him. So therefore, what happened was Rabbi Office became the Rosh Hashiva, and Rabbi Chanina was learning on his own. He wasn't a student of he he, he was learning on his he was learning on his own, and the fact is that Levi was learning with and Levi. As a colleague was learning with Rabbi, was learning with Rabbi, uh, with Rabbi Chani, with, uh, with Rabbi Chanina. So he says, what must have happened was, must be the Rabbi Afes, who was the Rosh Hashiva, died. Rabbi Chani became Rosh Hashiva, and now Levi has nobody to learn with. He's coming here. Well, so it must be that since Rabbi Afes, since Rabbi Afes died, Rabbi Chanina ascended and became the Rosh Hashiva now. And since Levi has nobody to learn with, he came. He didn't have anybody to learn with. And he came here. Uh, looking for somebody to uh, looking for somebody to learn with. So the Gemara says, one second. How do you know who was the Rosh Hashiva? How do you know Rav Afes was the Rosh Hashiva and he died in Rabbi Chanina became the Rosh Hashiva? They were not Nashi Rabbi Chanina. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe maybe period. It's just that Rabbi Chanina himself died and that's all that happened. The Gemara says Rav Afes as he was remained. He remains the Rosh Hashiva. Maybe just maybe maybe just maybe maybe it's just that. Maybe just. Uh, Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Chanina died. Okay, 
Okay, and Levi didn't have anybody to learn with. It doesn't have to be the Rav Afi's It could be the Rav Hineda's dive. And he came here to Bavos looking for somebody to learn with. Gemara says, no, it can't be. He says, I'll tell you why. He says, Im If the case was where Hanina died, Levi the Rav Afi's then Levi would have, would have certainly subjugated him himself to, uh, to Rabbi Afi's. Okay, because uh, because he was older, and he would have gone into the base manager to learn with him. Okay, so he, he, once he wasn't with once he wasn't with Rechidita, he would have gone to him. But two, and therefore, but two, and furthermore, here's another reason why I know that it can't be that Rabbi Chanina died, because when Rebbe died, okay, Rebbe, Rebbe died, he said that Rechidita was going to be the Rosh Hashiva. So even though Rabbi Chanina declined it, but it had to come out that Rechidita one day would be the Rosh Hashiva. And it can't be that Rav Afis remained the Rosh Hashiva and Rechidita died. Why do Rechidita lo malach? He says it can't be. It's impossible that Rechidita did not eventually become the Rosh Hashiva. Why? Because whenever he died, or when he was dying, Omar, he said, Chanina Rebbe Chama Yasu Rashiva. Chanina Rebbe Chama is going to be, sit at the head, it's going to be Rosh Hashiva. Uksiva with Tzadikim, and we write about that Tzadikim, but Tigzar Omer Bayakam Lachet. You're going you're gonna to make a decree, and it's going to happen. So it's impossible that this holy Rebbe said, Chanina is going to be the Rosh Hashiva, and he didn't. So it, it has to have come, come about that Rabbah office died, and Rabbi Chanina became the Rosh Hashiva. And and the, and that's why Levi left, and it can't be that simply Rav Afes remained in his office of the Rosh Hashiva, and Rechidita died without ever becoming Rosh Hashiva, and that's why Levi came. Furthermore, Darsh Levi ben Klila Shari. Levi taught in Narda that the tiara was mutter. Nafik Esri Rabba Klili Mekuli Narda. So twenty-four women went out with the with, with wearing a tiara on Shabbos. Okay, Darash Rabba Barabua b'Mechosa in Mechosa, which is apparently a very wealthy place. He Rabba Barabua said that it's mutter to go out with a with a tiara. Klila Shari Nafku Tamde Shrei Klili Michada Bavoa from one court from one alleyway. Eighteen eighteen uh, tiaras went out. Eighteen women out tiaras because they were very wealthy. So in one in one uh, in one alleyway they had so many tiaras. I'm Rabbi Yudah Kamra, he said, when it comes to a, a very valuable belt, it was a decorative belt, Shari, a, pers- a, a, a person could go out wearing it. Ikadami, some people, now the question was there were two kinds. There were metal one, metal one, and there was a, same thing, there was a cloth one with metal, with precious metal on it. Ikadami, Darukta, some people say what, that it was really talking about a cloth one that you that you put the precious, you put the precious metals and stones on. Ram Rav Safra, Rav Safra said, why is that? It's just like a golden uh, a talus that uh, uh, that has gold on it. Okay, why? Because it's a, because it's an ornament, and therefore the person can uh, go out on it. Okay, and I, why are we afraid he's going to take it off? So according to Rashi, because since it's a belt, it holds up his pants. We're not afraid that he's going to take it off to show it. So therefore, it is it is an ornament, and there's no rabbinic decree against it because it holds up the pants. Pekadamri, some people say no. That when it, that it was talking that it was it was talking about an It's talking about one that's made out of a, a really expensive, made out of a, out of a, out of a piece of gold. From Rav Safra, Rav Safra said, the hobby It's like it's like the belt of a king. A king can wear a golden belt. And the truth is that or that we say that all Jewish people are princes. All Jewish people are, are sons of kings, they're all princes, and therefore uh, every person can go out wearing even this this solid gold uh, belt. What happens if you want to take this precious belt 
this, uh, this is a very expensive belt, and you want to wear it on top of your regular belt. So you're not using it, you want to put it on top of your regular belt. Amarle said to me, say, what are you, two belts are you talking? He says, but that's impossible. That you can't do. Why? Okay, that's forbidden. Okay, because then, since you're going to have, that's considered two belts, the second one is going to be considered a burden and not a garment or not a a decorative uh, accoutrement. We learned furthermore that the girl can't go out low katlo. She can't go out wearing a katlo. My katlo, what is a katlo? Menakteperi, it's a thing that that collects crumbs. You see, and that's a, it's a it's a very it's apparently a very important kind of garment, and uh, and it has uh, cuffs. Uh, uh, pardon me, it has uh, loops, and the and the woman uh, ties it around her neck, and uh, it goes over her heart. And it catches uh, it catches the breeze, but it's apparently an important thing. Uh, furthermore, we, we also learned Nizamim. She can't go out wearing Nizamim. So what are, what kind of rings are these? The Gemara says Nizmeyaf. That's talking about nose rings she can't go out wearing. But, but, okay, uh, but the truth is, when it comes to earrings, rings that go in the ear, she can go out because it's too hard to take off. She's not going to take them off and show them. Now this last piece is interesting. She can't go out with a ring that, ha- that doesn't have a... That doesn't have a signet on it. Now what's the point? She can't go out with a ring that doesn't have a signet on it, but if she did go out, it's only forbidden rabbinically. What's the inference? Ha, that goes to show you what Yeshalach Hosem, if it did have a signet on it, chayavas, then she'd, be, then she'd be obligated to bring a chathos. In other words, the inference is like this. She can, with, with, with a ring that doesn't have a signet, like all these other things, she can't go out because the rabbi's forbidden to go out with it. But if she went out, she's not chayav chathos, she's not over from the Torah. It's only rabbinic decree unless she take it off and show it. But a signet ring, a ring that does have a signet, that one is not to have the same rule. She's not allowed to go out. And if she does, she's obligated to make a sacrifice. She transgressed from the Torah. Alma lav tachshi do. So you want to tell me that what? That a signet ring is not jewelry? Raminu, come on. We learn clearly that a signet ring is jewelry. How can I Mishnah say that it's not jewelry or imply that it's not jewelry? Didn't we learn the following? When it came to Tuma, we learned. Tachshite nashim tamei. And we learned that women's jewelry are eligible to become tamei. And this is a list of women's jewelry. Katlos, chokers, nezomim, earrings, uh, tabos, rings. And when we said rings, and, we, and, the, that we, and this ring that we're talking about, whether it has a signet or it doesn't have a signet. So you see what? It's okay. So therefore, therefore, we see the uh, and also what? And also, also nose rings. But the point is we see clearly, we learn clearly in the Mishnah, that the rings are, are jewelry, whether they have a signet or not. How can our Mishnah imply a, 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 and conclude that a signet ring is not considered jewelry? Hi, Amr Abizera, said, look, so we have to, you have to read without the vif. Amr Abizera, learns, Lokasha, it's not difficult. Don't worry, I can solve it. Our Mishnah really holds that a signet ring is not jewelry, and over there the Mishnah holds that it is jewelry. Why? Horabinachemya. The answer is that that the that the mission in Kalim that said that a signet ring is jewelry is is the opinion of Rabbi Nechemia. Okay, and why is that? And ha oh, and our mission is Rabbanan. Uh, and that, why is that? Because there's an argument to Mechani the Rabbis. When you look at a ring, what do we consider its defining part? According to Rabbi Nechemia, the the, uh, the defining part of a ring uh, is the is the signet. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, I said backwards. I'm sorry, I said backwards. 
It's no kasha. Our mission, which says the signet ring, a signet ring is a burden as Rabbi Nechemia, who because Rabbi Nechemia holds, as we'll see in a minute, that the defining a part of a signet ring is 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 the is the signet, and the mission in Kalim is the where it said that a signet ring is jewelry is the opinion of the rabbis or Abanan who hold that the defining part of a signet ring is the ring and not the signet. Let's take a look. The Tanya, and I'll, I'll make it make sense in a minute. Sorry. The Tanya, because we learned, um, uh, he, this, he shamatachas, let's say the ring, the body of the ring is made out of metal, the chosma shel almog, and the signet is made out of, made out of wood. Tamea, so then it's tame. Why? Because we remember because because metal, we, even though it doesn't have a receptacle, is tame. Metal. So since the ikor, so since the ikor of the ring is made out of metal, so therefore it becomes tame, even though the signet is made out of wood. He shall almog, but let's say the main ring is made out of wood, and the signet is made out of is made out of metal. Okay, to her, it's tar. Why? It's tar. Why? Because that, and that's the opinion of the rabbis. Because since the main part of the ring is the body of the, since the main part of the ring is the body of the ring, and the main part of the ring is made out of wood, wood doesn't doesn't become tummy without a receptacle. Rabbi Nechemia never tummy. Rabbi Nechemia says no. He says that that if the if the part if the main ring is made out of wood and the signet is made out of metal, it does become tummy. Why? Because the main part. Because said, when it comes to a ring, you always follow the signet. So if the signet is metal, then it's tummy. If the signet is wood, it's not tummy. Now I'm going to continue in a minute. So he can, we can stop here. Well, we'll but tomorrow we'll continue more things that he said. But the main point is like this: that he said that the main. So our Mishnah is Rabbi Nechemia. Since he holds the main part of the ring is the is the signet. So if it has a signet and the, and a signet is not something is not something that women would use. It's a stamp, you know, for whatever purposes they used it. Women didn't do it. So for the woman, it is a burden. But 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 over there in Kalim, that was the opinion of the rabbis who sold the main part, the defining aspect of a ring, is what it's made is the is the body of the ring. So therefore, they held that the ring is really what they held that the ring is really jewelry, because the main part of the ring is the body of the ring, not the signet. So that, so it's still jewelry because it because it because it doesn't matter whether it has a signet or not. It's not defined by the signet. And our Mishnah, which said that the signet, uh, the signet that implies that the signet ring. Uh, the signet ring is a burden, and she's chayav is because it's Rabbi Nechemia holds that the ring is defined by the signet, and women don't use signet rings. Okay, and I'm actually going to continue tomorrow from here because the price continues the opinion of Rabbi Nechemia, but we'll we'll pick it up tomorrow. Thank you very much, Rabbi. Say sorry, I was a little sleepy today. Have a great one.